This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Shelley Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. We seek first the kingdom of God. So let me just do something to start off. I'm going to give you a hand clap because you're here on the first day of the year. And you're offering to God your first fruits of your time. Good job, church. Give yourself a hand. See, when you give God your first through prayer, through giving, through fasting at the beginning of the year, you set the course for the whole rest of the year, how it's going to go. And we're going to be talking about fasting, and it's one of the most powerful spiritual disciplines How many of you heard in October when I talked about all the spiritual disciplines that God has for us? There's a lot of different ones about giving and praying and reading our Bible every day. There's things that we should be doing as Christians. And one of those spiritual disciplines is fasting. And let me tell you, it's not talked about very often because it's probably the hardest one. Money and fasting, money and food with Americans, those two you get into their money and you get into their, their food, that's a big deal. And a lot, a lot of people are like, oh, we won't go there. We don't want to make people feel uncomfortable. You know what? In this church, we're going to follow the scriptures, right? We're going to be obedient to the whole word of God, the complete word of God and all that he says to us. Um, fasting has been a major emphasis in the lives of many great spiritual leaders. If, how many of you have heard of John Wesley? He started the Methodist denomination. And he fasted every Wednesday and every Friday. And if you were part of his staff, you were required to do that as well. He thought it was so important. He fasted those two days every week to transform his life. Effective ministers, if you read through the scriptures and read through historical documents, people from the Apostle Paul to Martin Luther to John Calvin, they made it a continual part of their walks with God. Fasting wasn't just a one-time thing for them. It was a lifestyle. And there's a thing called a fasted lifestyle that I think would do all of us some good to live out this fasted lifestyle. It's a disciplined lifestyle. Another one of those words people don't like to hear. A disciplined lifestyle. It's where we steward our bodies. We steward our time. We steward our money. And we form them and mold them into what God wants for our lives with his wisdom and diligence. See, fasting isn't just abstention from refraining from something. I love this. Fasting is an exchange. It's an exchange. It's an exchange where we abstain from certain things in order to feast on God's word, to feast on what God has for us, on his abundance, his grace in our life, to make it more available to us. Let's turn to, uh, in Matthew chapter 6, you're right there. If you go up just a few verses, this whole chapter, it talks about teaching about giving to the needy. And then it has teaching about prayer and fasting. And this was Jesus talking. He was the one doing the teaching. This applies to us today. 
It talks about these spiritual disciplines, giving, praying, fasting. So let's look down at verses 6 through 18. Verses, uh, excuse me, 16 through 18. Verse 16, it says, And when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled. Is that how you say that? My grammar people? Yes. So people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. So if you're out there throwing it out, I'm fasting today. I'm such a good Christian. Let me put it on my social media. Let me make a little Instagram post about it. Listen, that's the only reward you will get. Okay? God, Jesus said, don't put it out there. Don't try to be religious about it. Here's how we're to fast. Verse 17. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face. Then no one will notice that you are fasting except your father. Your father, God, who sees, who, excuse me, who knows what you do in private. And your father, who sees everything, will reward you. That's how we're to fast. And notice it did not say if you fast, if you give, if you pray. It said when you do these things. So guess what? We shouldn't give ourselves the option of doing them. We should do them in obedience to God's word. Jesus also talked about fasting. Go over a couple of books to Matthew 9. Matthew 9, and most people don't even get the part about fasting here because he's talking about, um, he was questioned about fasting and why his disciples weren't fasting But the other disciples of John and the other religious people were fasting. And so this was Jesus's response um, when they asked him about that. I'm going to read it from the Amplified verses, Matthew 9, verses 14 and 15. And Jesus, uh, then the disciples of John the Baptist came to Jesus asking, why do we and the Pharisees often fast as a religious exercise, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus replied to them, can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them and then they will fast. Okay, so question one, let's have class. Who is the bridegroom? Who's the bridegroom? Jesus. So he was, you know how Jesus, he talked in, they called it parables. He told stories a lot of times. How many of you like to hear you stories? Yeah, Pastor Stormy's really good. He tells a lot of stories. When I go upstairs with Pastor Jordan with the kids, he tells stories. You know why? It's a hook to get people. It's to relate. And so Jesus is telling him a story about a wedding and a bridegroom and a bride. See, we're the, we're the bride. The church is the bride. Is our bridegroom here with us on the earth right now? He's not. One day he will come. And it talks about that in the scriptures, when that trumpet will sound and and Jesus is going to come back for us. But we're not there yet. So that last part, he said, the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them. So when Jesus was with his disciples, there was no need to fast. But as soon as he left them, he said, and then they will fast. So if Jesus is not here 
on the earth. Now, we know he's in our hearts when we accept him. But if he's not here with us, then we are to fast. So a couple of questions about fasting. Because, you know, when I grew up, I grew up a good Methodist girl, didn't learn a whole lot of the scriptures, had one good pastor the whole time growing up, was there for four years, and then they sent him on. So I didn't have a lot of biblical knowledge. I'd never heard of fasting. So this was all new to me. So some questions that people have. Number one, what is a fast? Pastor referred to this. It's refraining from food for a spiritual purpose. Now, some people do fast other things than food, social media. Some people fast TV. Some people fast, um, I don't even know, football. (laughs) That would be a big one in my house. Um, They can fast... Basically, it's anything pleasurable, things that are pleasurable to our flesh. Because, you know, we have a flesh. We're spirit, soul, and body. And our bodies like things. But the Bible specifically talks about refraining from food. Okay? That is, that is a ultimate discipline there. For a spiritual purpose, it's not dieting. It's a time of seeking. God's face. It's not just, I'm just not going to eat today and I'm going to go about my day as usual. No. If we are fasting, we are not eating. We are refraining from that, but we're also replacing that time with prayer, with reading our Bible, with worship. So remember, it's that exchange. We're giving God something. We're giving him those desires Those, that hunger that we have, we're giving that to him in exchange for more of his grace coming because we're spending more time with him. We're being more sensitive to his presence. See, long times of prayer and reading God's word will be essential if you're, if you're going to enter into that more intimate communion with God and complete your fast. See, it's real easy. People are like, oh yeah, I can do that. When you've done it, then you can talk about it. It's one of those things. It's not just knowledge up here, but when you've walked through those days where your stomach is rumbling, when your head is hurting because you are not drinking coffee and you're used to drinking coffee and your body is screaming, I want coffee. And you walk by the kitchen or the workroom. And you can smell that coffee brewing. Even people who don't like coffee like the smell of it generally. Or you can smell that food. See, it's a spiritual discipline. It's We are going to need God to enable us and to come alongside us and help us. I've got good news though. We have a helper and he's called the Holy Spirit. And he will help us. When we commit our lives to fast... This fasted lifestyle, when we commit a time period to fast, if you're going to join with us in this 10 days, the Holy Spirit will help us. But we've got to dedicate our time to him, to seeking his face. So that's what fasting is. So question two, why fast? There's lots of different reasons you can fast. You can fast for um, direction in your life. There's some of you. You're needing direction right now. Some of you are on the cusp of the next step and you're not quite sure 
what that next step is. God will lead you and guide you. But it doesn't come while we're sitting at the movie theater watching the latest movie. It doesn't come when we're gorging ourselves on all the food during the holidays. It comes during those times where we are dedicating our lives to him and and intentionally listening for his voice. That's what fasting does. So you can fast to receive healing, restoration, a deeper spiritual walk. I want to show you a couple of uh, places in the New Testament where the, the church fasted. So turn to Acts chapter 13. In your Bible, Acts chapter 13. Go a couple of books to the right of Matthew. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then you're going to come to Acts. I like to hear that voice, that sound of pages turning. Acts 13. Don't ever take our word for what we say. You need to look it up in your Bible. Acts 13, verses 1 through 3. And I like this from the message. This is talking about the early church and Barnabas and Saul. And when they were, they were just after Jesus had been taken from the earth and they're They're getting ready to for the disciples to go all over and spread the gospel around the world. So this is what the message says. Verse 1. It says, The congregation in Antioch, that was a town, was blessed with a number of prophet preachers and teachers. And it goes through their names. I may not say them right, so let's just assume. Barnabas, and then the last one was, was Saul. Look at this. One day as they were worshiping God, they were also fasting As they prayed for guidance, the Holy Spirit spoke. Notice the correlation there. They were fasting. They were waiting to hear God's voice. They were waiting for that guidance. See, so many times we're going about our day. We're just going about and we're like, God, I can't hear your voice. And we've got our music and we've got our phone and we've got social media. And we've got all these other voices speaking to us. But are we taking the time? To intentionally slow down and wait for God's voice. Because he's a gentleman. He doesn't come and grab you. Now sometimes if he needs to get your attention, he might do that. But he's a gentleman and he waits for us to come and seek his face. So they were fasting. As they waited for guidance, then the Holy Spirit spoke. Take Barnabas and Saul and commission them for the work I've called them to do. So there's what they needed to do. There's their direction. Verse 3. So they commissioned them in that circle of intensity and obedience, of fasting and praying. They laid their hands on their heads and sent them off. I love that word picture that the message gives us. That when we fast and we pray, I love that with a group. See, there's power when we do this together. We don't just say, oh, well, the staff has decided to do this. So, hey, why don't y'all do it with us? Many times the Bible talks about a corporate fast where a group of people come together. So you can do it on your own. And there's times you do that. There's times during the year. I hope that you're led by the Holy Spirit to take time and fast And you don't have to have somebody with you. But there is power when we do it together. 
Before our women's retreat always, we have our women's retreat in October. And our, our leadership team, we all take time and we fast and we pray so that we want a move of the Spirit to happen then. For our marriage retreat, we've done that. For various times in our life, um, different things that are going on, we'll fast together corporately. And there's power when we do that. Let's go one more book over, Acts chapter 14. Here's another example of the new, ch- new church that was just formed after Jesus had left the earth. Acts chapter 14, the new church fasting. Let's look at verse 23. This is talking about when Paul and Barnabas, they're returning to them. After they've gone and gone out, they commissioned them and they went out to preach the gospel. Verse 23, it says, Paul and Barnabas also appointed elders in every church. So there was the next step. Then they went and they started these churches. Then they needed to know, who do you want to run these churches? So here's how they got direction from the Lord. It says, with prayer and fasting, they turned the elders over to the care of the Lord in whom they had put their trust. So see, they didn't just step out and say, well, I think this sounds good. Let me, let me reason this out in my mind. Any analytical people out there? Yes. And you want to get every little step and figure out those steps in your mind and on your paper, some of you, and where it all makes sense and every piece of that puzzle goes together. And guess what? You figured it out for you. But that may not be God's plan. So if you're analytical, especially you, you need to unhook this mind and take that time to listen for the voice of God. And that comes by fasting and by praying, especially when it comes to big decisions in your life. See, these were, this is talking about those big decisions. They did this corporately as a church. And sometimes it may just be for, you know, there may be times, like I said, that it's just like a meal you fast. Uh, two weeks ago on a Monday, it was on December 19th, I got up normal day. I got up and I even, I make a smoothie for breakfast and I had made my smoothie and uh, I think I had uh, that morning, I'm going about my business and I was getting ready and I was going to go to work and so I was going to plan what I was going to take for lunch for work and the Holy Spirit put it on my heart. Don't eat lunch, you need to fast. Well, there wasn't anything right then. It wasn't like, okay, I need to fast for this purpose. In fact, there was one thing that I thought, oh, well, it must be for this. And so I just in obedience, because I felt the Holy Spirit speaking to me, I felt that, okay, I'll fast. And so I didn't eat lunch that day. I took that time and I just prayed. And the Bible talks about, it says, when you don't know what to pray, it says the Holy Spirit will pray through you. So I just that afternoon during that time at lunch and at work, Of course, when I'm feeling those hunger pains, it's always, see, what I do, I don't know how other people, if they fast, but every time I feel that and my stomach is hungry, I say, then I start praying. That's like my cue. I start praying then. So I just, through that afternoon, I prayed, again, not knowing. I'm just, I just felt impressed to fast. 
And so I go about my day. I went and I had an appointment. And during that appointment, I got a phone call. My sister was calling me, which I didn't get it because I was right in the middle of phone call. And then she texts me and said, you need to call as soon as possible. It's about Cindy, which is my other sister or another one of my sisters. There's four sisters. So um, I got to a point and I could call and she said, uh, Cindy's at, they brought her an ambulance, brought her. She's at the emergency room and they are taking her off life support and, um, she's not going to last long, which there's a whole backstory to this. Um, my sister has had a very hard life. She was 59 and, uh, she through some things that happened in her childhood. Uh, she is made a lot of decisions in her life and lived in a lot of pain and addiction. And I, you know, I, we're talking, I prayed for her for 36 years since I gave my heart to Christ. And so in these past two years, she's been in and out of the hospital emergency room. She's been brought to Lubbock two or three times by ambulance. And so this wasn't like a shock, you know, but we didn't know. She just, she would go for months and then all of a sudden she didn't take care of herself and her health would deteriorate and she'd go to the hospital. But back to the story, my sister Debbie called and said, um, she's not going to make it. So I said, okay, I'll wrap up what I'm doing, run home, pack my bags. And this is in Clovis. So I ran home, packed my bags, went over my sister I won't tell you the whole story, but she ended up passing away that night. And I got to be there with her. I had prayed with her. Uh, I'd prayed for her many, many times. But she, uh, in, let's see, three years ago in January, she had, I had prayed with her on the phone and she had asked Christ into her heart. And so I had peace. And let me tell you, the Lord knew what he was doing that day because, um, my family, they needed me to be strong. Not that I have to be some strong, you know, I always have to be the strong one, but I am the uh, strongest Christian. I mean, we're the only pastors in our family. Uh, they all look to us. And if I would have fallen apart, um, either when I got the phone call or when I got to the emergency room, because it was real apparent when I walked in. I mean, I don't know if you, any of you have ever had that happen, but when they knew she was passing and all the people, the doctors, the nurses, there were people I knew we grew up in Clovis and they're all just looking at us like, you know, and coming and saying, I'm so sorry. And, and honestly, there was a strength in me that I didn't have in myself. And he carried us through that night and her passing and having to go and tell my mother who was at home, she knew it was happening. She had said her goodbyes and gone home, but we had to go tell her and be with her during that night. And then the funeral arrangements and just that simple obedience. God blessed it. And I didn't know. I did not know why. And it was such, a, looking back, it was a simple thing. That the, but the Lord used it. And used my obedience. And I think, what if I would have said, I don't know. I don't have anything to fast for. That's, I'm just going to eat. I'm, I mean, and it, it seems so simple, but it's a spiritual exchange. Remember, it's us denying ourselves, Us exchanging our own 
desires what we want in exchange for that grace of God to come into our lives. And he knows the future better than we know the past. So trust him. Amen? Trust him. He knows what's going to happen. So that is the why that we fast. So how do you begin a fast? If this is new to you, how do you begin? Well, number one, let's do it intentionally. I keep saying that word. Let's start with a goal. Let's don't just, oh, well, that sounds good for today. Because you know what? If you treat it lightly, you're not going to stay the course. And it's not going to have deep meaning in your life. And you're not going to see those changes that you want. So have that goal. What do I want to receive from this, this fast? Why are you fasting? Determine that. Determine why, what is it that I need from God in 2017? What a, what more perfect time can you start fasting than in this first part of the year? The first of our year. Give it to God. The first. Um, ask the Holy Spirit for guidance. He knows, just like I told you, he knew what was going to happen that day in, in my family's life. He knew. I didn't know yet, but he did. And he prepared me for it. So ask the Holy Spirit for guidance. And at the end of the service today, we're going to take some time and we're going to ask the Holy Spirit, each of us personally, what would you like for my life? What do I need to change? What are the things that you want to work in me in 2017? Work in my family. What do I need to be prepared for that may be going to happen? See, we can think in this, you know, think in this uh, perfect world, nothing's ever going to happen and death's not going to happen and accidents aren't going to happen. And I fully believe that God protects us when we walk in our ways of righteousness and honoring him. But let me tell you, we live in a fallen world and a broken world. And there will not be one of us that are untouched by tragedies. There's not one of us that are going to walk through and not be touched by death and mourning. So we need to be prepared. I love the scripture because people would be, and I, I thank you for all of you that reached out and said, I was sorry about your sister. And I had people who they don't even know what to say. But the Bible, there's a scripture that says we don't mourn as those who don't know Christ mourn. Because we have Christ. So we prepare ourselves for whatever it is. We never know the next step that's going to happen in our life, but God does. So we begin with that clear goal. Um, we're going to make a specific commitment today at the end of the service. Next thing, prepare spiritually. Prepare your heart. Because our, we need to start with a clean heart. A clean heart. If there's been things in 2016 and all of us are guilty of having sin in our lives. And sometimes the sin you may say, well, I, I followed God. I don't have blatant sin. But you know what? We get those sins of our attitude and our motives that start going before we even realize it. And all of us, we've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. So prepare your heart. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal those areas of weakness. The next one to prepare, forgive. We have to forgive. 
Let me tell you, as you start 2017, the things that have happened in the past, you cannot change. You can't change one of those things. All you can change are the next days. January 1st, January 2nd, January 3rd. Those are the days you can change. Those are the things you can change. So we need to forgive. Even if they haven't asked for it, you forgive in obedience to God's word. And you ask God to take away that offense from your heart. As well, who have you offended? Because it's real easy to see, you know, the, the, in Matthew, it talks about Matthew 7, that you have a telephone pole, a wooden plank in your own eye of sin, of judgment, of offense that you've offended. And you're trying to get that little speck of sawdust out of your neighbor's eye, out of your husband's eye, out of your child's eye. So we need to deal with ourselves. God, forgive me. We need to go to those that we have offended and try to make peace as much as depends on us. Live at peace with everyone, the scriptures say. So we prepare ourselves spiritually. We need to give our life completely and surrender to him. The next thing you do is you decide what type of fast that you want to do. Out at the information center, there are fasting guidelines that you can pick up. We prepare these for you every, every year because it's good to look at it. See, you determine how you fast. You determine what you fast. The Bible talks about all kinds of different fasts. I mean, there were a few times they did absolute fasts. You better know you're hearing from God if you're going to fast all food and all water. And they, if you go through and read medically, you better know that this is God. Um, some people, they have medical things. You need to know with your doctor, this is okay. All right. So there's different things you can do. There's different types of fasts. Uh, one fast that we do a lot is the Daniel fast. It's referred to in the book of Daniel. And it said that Daniel ate no sweets, no meat. It's a, it calls it delicacies. So no sweets, no meat, and no breads. Daniel didn't do that. And he did that. Uh, he had various fasts that he went on. He went on a 21-day fast. Um, I believe he did a 10-day fast as well. So you need to decide um, how you want to fast. Remember, it's not, it, you don't go and say, well, what are you doing? Unless we're going to do it corporately, it's something within you. Then you decide, how long am I going to fast for? Let me give you a little hint. If you've never fasted, don't say I'm going to go on a 40-day fast like Jesus did. Because you ain't Jesus. And let me tell you, after the first day, you'll feel like you're dying. So we start small. If you've never fasted, then fast a meal. Fast a day. Then you go to fasting multiple days, okay? Multiple weeks. You build your spiritual muscles. Just like when you go to the gym, <laughs> it's January, so guess what? Everybody with their good intentions, are, they're going to be at their the gym. I've, I've been at the same gym for, well, since we moved here, so about uh, 14 years, I think I've been going. And so it's really funny in January because it's really crowded. 
I'm glad when January's over. But people go in and you can tell they're like, yeah, I'm going to lift 200. I'm going to bench 200 pounds. And they get on that machine. Oh, they can't even do it once. Or they do, you know, they go full force in these classes and then they can't walk because they're so sore. And they're like, I'm not ever going to do that again. See, we build muscles slowly day after day after day. Same thing spiritually. See, you can think, oh, yeah, I can do that 40-day fast. <laughs> Tell me that at the end of that second, second day. See, we start slowly. We build our spiritual muscles. It's great to think I'm going to read through a whole chapter of the Bible every day. Well, get through one paragraph every day for a week. Memorize one scripture Start small. Start with what you can do successfully. So decide how long you're going to fast. Fasting's about the condition of the heart, not the number of days. So when it comes to making your final decision, the best thing I can tell you is to be led by the Holy Spirit. He knows what you can do. Don't make it so easy that you're like, this is easy and it's a breeze. If you're not sacrificing something, what does that mean to God? You need to give him your best sacrifice. Your body, yes, you should make your body surrender. You should put your body under your spirit man. So it shouldn't be so easy that you can do it without any struggle. Let the Holy Spirit guide your heart and mind. And then what's your motive What is your motive for fasting? Remember how it said, don't go around and let your motive be for people to think you're some spiritual dynamo. We're not supposed to be letting people know that we're fasting. We're not supposed to look different. We're not supposed to drag in and say, oh my gosh, I'm so weak today. I've been fasting. No, the scripture says you comb your hair. You get ready the same. You walk around your work, around your family the same. And no one knows except your father. He sees. He hears. He knows what we do. And he knows those motives of our heart. We have to make this solid commitment. Whatever you decide, let's make it a commitment. Because it's real easy to say, yeah, I think I'll do that. And then again, someone invites us out to eat. Or our family calls and says, hey, I made tamales, come over. Or whatever it is, you drive by Starbucks and it smells really good as you walk by. See, we have to make a solid commitment that this is what I'm going to do. You know the best way to make a commitment and hold to it? Write it down. That's number one. You write it down. Next step, if you show that to someone, there's some accountability. And you tell your husband, you tell your uh, best friend, you tell your group leader, hey, I decided I'm going to fast for 10 days. Would you hold me accountable? Would you hold me accountable to this? That's a solid commitment that we're making. So we have to make this solid commitment. We have to meditate on on God's word. And let me just give you a hint. 
The enemy is not going to like what you're doing. The enemy, it says he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Fasting is one of the strongest spiritual disciplines. It's one of the things that will bring change the most. So guess what? Do you think the devil's going to sit by and say, yay, look at them. Look at this spiritual commitment. No, he's going to fight you for all you're worth. That's why we pray. That's why we put on worship music and we build ourselves up spiritually. So we're strong against the temptations of the enemy. We have to make prayer our shield against the attacks of the enemy during this time of fasting. The last scripture I'm going to read today is something that we're going to use to prepare our hearts. This is Joel So you're going to go back in the Old Testament, way back in the Old Testament, those prophets. You're going to go to the book of Joel, and we're going to read verses 2, or chapter 2, verses 12 through 15. Joel chapter 2, verses 12 through 15. This section is called rend your heart. Rend is not a word that we're real familiar with. R-E-N-D, rend, it means tear. See, a lot of times in the Old Testament, you would read and they would, that when something would be upsetting to them, when a crisis happened, they would tear their clothes as like a sign of their, their struggle, a sign that, oh my gosh, this has happened. We don't really do that so much anymore. We don't see people tearing their clothes. But the Bible talks about there's something we can do to prepare our hearts. Verse Joel chapter 2 and verse 12. It says, even now declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. And he relents from sending calamity. Verse 14, who knows? He may turn and relent and leave behind a blessing. Grain offerings and drink offerings for the Lord your God. Verse 15, blow the trumpet in Zion. Declare a holy fast. Call a sacred assembly. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.